so much for tuning in and listening to Alesto After Hours, a show we get to go beyond the 600-word limit in the paper and discuss what's happening on our campus and in the world. I'm your host, Erica Green, and today I'm joined by three Alesto staff members who will introduce themselves. I'm Jennifer Geckner, and I'm the Lifestyles Editor at the Alesto. I'm Maddie Lambert, and I am the Editor-in-Chief. I'm John McGowan. I'm a reporter. Yes, welcome, 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 y'all. Welcome, Maddie, late AF. Lambert, how are you? Feeling great. Good, good. Welcome, John. This is John's first time on Alessa After Hours. Yay. I'm super excited. Yay. Yay, Jennifer. Gang, gang. You know, yeah, it's been she a while. Know what weeks. it is. You know, you know what it is. You know, gang, gang. So, our first topic is uh, going to be we're going to be talking about Yusuf Salam coming to campus. So, in the article, it says Salam was one of five young men who were, who were falsely accused in the rape and beating of a jogger in Central Park in 1989. He served almost seven years in juvenile detention and prison before being released on parole in 1996. In 2002, he and the rest of the five were finally exonerated of the crime. Salam started by candidly recalling his initial reaction to the verdict, explaining to the audience. He first thought the truth would come out, but then learned that that would not be the case. Uh, he said, and I quote, When I walked back into the courtroom, I heard the word guilty echoed so many times that I lost count. It was so painful to experience th- It was so painful to experience that the only way that I can try to describe it today, it was like being taken from your family in a modern-day lynching and a modern-day slavery. Ava DuVernay's retelling of the events uh, in the show When They See Us is being streamed on Netflix. Uh, Salam has contributed to the Innocence Project, an organization that works on exonerating those wrongly accused. And he's speaking about his he's speaking about his experiences in colleges across the country, including SIUE. So, have y'all seen the show When They See Us? Have any of y'all seen it? Yes, yes. I haven't it? seen it. Me neither. I ju- I haven't seen it because I just know I'm not mentally capable. I just know I I just won't be able to do it. I'm the, I do not have the mental capacity, the mental. I do not have the emotional or mental stamina to watch it. I already know, so I have not seen it. I just know myself. But, you know, for Maddie and Jennifer, who have seen it, like, you know, what'd you think of it? It was really good, but it was hard to watch. Yeah, I can imagine. Because you knew that it was a true story. So Mm -hmm. it was really, really hard, but it was also really impactful. And I thought that the actors did a really good job. So, like, I would recommend it to people. But, yeah, you kind of had to know what you're getting into and be prepared for it, I feel like, going into it. It's definitely not something you can sit and binge watch, and I think um, the length of the episodes and the fact that it was a mini-series was very intentional on um, Duvenet's part, because the episodes were like, what, an hour almost? Yeah, about there. Yeah, so it's not something like, you, you can sit and binge watch it, but... The way that they're set up is like there's so much packed into every episode to where she kind of forces you like to take a break and to sit and think about it and not just like go on with your life. So going in the article, it says Salam smoke Salam spoke about his older brother, who is not only white, but is also an assistant district attorney. In the United States government. Salam said that when his brother came to visit him in the precinct, he was told to leave or that they would make sure that he was fired. Salam used this as, a, as evidence to show that while race matters, he believes that there is a broader issue affecting the criminal justice system and uh, country as a whole. Uh, when Salam and the rest of the Central Park Five were on trial, Donald Trump, then a New York businessman, took out a full-page n- newspaper ad demanding New York reinstate the death penalty. When asked about how Trump's presidency is handling the efforts Salam and the Innocence Project are focusing on today, he said in an interview that he believes Trump's presidency Trump's presidency is dragging America down. 
I love that quote. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me, me too, because I was like, yeah, you know, talk your stuff, Mr. Salam, because I just, you know, I, this is the man that y'all elected. So, you know, and I just feel like there have just been so many things. If it's not just grabbing women by their vaginas, or if it isn't just like all like the things that he said about just different groups of people, and like you read this, it's just like evidence after evidence after evidence, just like, bro, why did y'all reelect? Why did y'all elect this man? Like, and y'all better not reelect him either. Like, let's not mess this up for ourselves again. Mm-hmm. But either way, like, I just feel like, you know, yeah, because I feel like somebody was telling me about this, but this was before when the CS came out, so I really wasn't, I really didn't know too much about the Central Park Five or anything like that. But yeah, like first of all, because even in the article, I think he he didn't say he didn't just say like all oh, the death penalty you know should be reinstated. Like he actually, I forgot what he said specifically. It was in the ad. Yeah, it was in, in the ad. ad. Yeah. yeah, in the ad. So uh, he actually like called them names. He actually like did like it was just it was just a lot. So yeah, I appreciate him saying this quote because yeah, like I feel like if you know he did this back in the day like what's that to say about him 30 years later it's just so cool because like salam is like such a well-spoken and like reasonable person Mm -hmm. and i really appreciate that he's even someone like him who's just like so smart and stuff eloquent even he'll be like yeah he's like pulling us into the trash and i just appreciate the honesty yeah me too that's the only way to get anywhere because that's the original thing he said right since that wasn't quoted he said something like he said he said i think he's pulling us further down into the trash Mm-hmm. And he was talking about like America. Uh, I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So John actually wrote this story. Yes, he did. Which is really cool for a new reporter because it's like a big story. It was exciting. So, like, what were your initial reactions like of him? Like, your initial impressions of like him? And like, what was it like to be there? Were there a lot of people there? Like, there was a lot of people there. And like, it was clear everybody there like, really cared about the issue. Because it wasn't just students. It was, like, people from, I mean, I guess, like, Edwardsville. Like, people had brought their kids and stuff. Mm, wow. Oh, good. Yeah. I heard it was packed. Yeah, it was. Wow. The uh, line was long, but, you know, it was worth it. Um, Yeah, he was just, like, such, like, a well, like, he was just so reasonable. And it's, like, I really just appreciated everything he had to say. Specifically, he said, um, I think, I think it's in the article. He said, like, this whole fight, like, isn't about racial lines. It's about, like, like spiritual wickedness in high and low mm-hmm. places. He did say that, but I didn't, I didn't know what he meant by well, that. I guess that's probably like a little bit like hard to. I I I think basically what he's saying is just like it's not about race; it's just about like more classism, in my opinion, which I totally I agree, agree with. with that. Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't matter who you are if you don't. And I was talking about this uh, with somebody else, but you know, when you think of even like Kim Kardashian West, like what she's doing with all those people, like sometimes. It's not about like what is she doing with all those people. So mm-hmm. basically, she's like helping people who are in jail or like who are on the death penalty or who are, who have life sentences. She's helping them like basically get out because you know they have been wrongfully convicted. You know, like there's so many people in jail who are wrongfully convicted who have been sitting there for, you know, hellas. So she's basically you know using her influence, using her powers, like getting attorneys and all that stuff to really help them out and like get them out. And she's successfully gotten a few people out, and she's always constantly working to um, help people out. But I think um, I was talking to somebody about this. Is you know basically like cl- that classism thing is real, especially with the um, justice system, because sometimes it's not even about like if you did it or not. Sometimes it's about if you got a good lawyer, right? So if you got a if you got like a Kim Kardashian esque level lawyer versus like 
what we could get as a lawyer. Yeah. Like that is like five different levels. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely think that even with this this case, you know, I think didn't they have like public defenders or something like that? Yeah, I, yeah they had public defenders who with, are overworked. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you know, shout out to public defenders. They do the best they can. But yeah, they are overworked. They have so many cases. A lot of times when you when you meet with your public defender, you meet with them that day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You don't get to meet with them like prior or anything like that. So yeah, so, so I I could agree with that. It's more about classism than racism. Race does play a huge, 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 huge part of it. But also, I think classism is a big part as well because again, like if you can't, if you don't have the resources or you can't afford an attorney, if you can't afford, you know, people to investigate on your behalf, then it's like the like the Central Park Five. Like they were definitely convicted and like accused or whatever because they were black and one Hispanic. And I think, so it is about, it's like race at certain levels, but at like a grander scale, like what Salam is trying to do, like, you know, really reform the whole criminal justice system. That's something that we need to, we need to unite over, like get over race. I hate, it sounds like generic, but like get over color or whatever. And just like actually take down like, you know, these people who are targeting poor people overall specifically. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say get over race. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that because I like, again, race is a huge part of it. You know, like it has been proven that, you know, with um, law enforcement and things like that, you know, they, they do target, you know, black people and people of color, you know, like they'll, mm-hmm. like, for example, even with this, even with this case, even though, even though I didn't see the Netflix series, like I kind of know what, what happened, like literally that, that lawyer who the the lawyer who was like kind of prosecuting the whole case she literally said like every black person in new york or in that area is a suspect like what kind of stuff is that like you see yeah. you see what i'm saying like you know like you know every black person is a suspect first of all we don't all look alike so i don't know like you know what i'm saying like yeah. so so race does does play a huge part in it um you know because again like the, you stuff like this like it you you definitely can see like how law enforcement really just don't be caring really because like they would have it could have been it could even been if those five weren't weren't in there it could have been any black person who just still happened to be there you see what i'm saying well he said in his thing like when um they were like looking for the suspects or whatever they literally like talked to the guy who actually did it Mm -hmm. like the the white guy who did it and he wasn't a white guy. He was a white guy. I think it was. He was just, like Hispanic. Yeah, that was, was like. Hispanic. I guess just my assumption. My bad. Yeah, he was Hispanic. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But the guy who did it, and like, they were like, uh, "Yes, yeah, so, like, what are you doing out here?" He's like, "Oh, I'm just like going for a walk or something." And they're like, "Yeah, he's like, uh, there's some crazy people out here, so watch out." And it's like, if they had like shined the flashlight like lower on his body, they would literally like have seen the blood of the victim on him. It's just like they didn't assume they at all. They didn't care. Yeah. No, they didn't care. Sometimes I think, well, sometimes I think, and it's kind of improving. They just kind of want a, uh, like a conviction rate, and they want yeah. like a, you know, they just want to get the case closed and move on. And it's so, just like a PR tactic. So they just plop anyone at the scene. Like again, like can you do your jobs? Can you like ask questions? Can you like, and again, we all don't look alike. <laughs> so like you know, like do your research. Like investigate for real because even like again i didn't see the show but didn't one wasn't one of convicted like he wasn't even there like he literally just like went with his friend yeah to the police station yeah like so how, that was Corey. how does that even <laughs> i can't remember so name. Corey was the one that like was it there was one of them that um yeah it might have been Corey and yusuf actually i can't remember i should i'm sorry i'm like mixing them all up although poor like, I'm just like, well, okay. <laughs> You're going to have to cut a lot. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
But anyway, one of them went to support his friend Mm -hmm. because the friend was getting picked up, as they showed in um, the miniseries. And he was like, I know, like, I want, I know, like, our parents are going to be upset if I don't go with you to make sure you're okay and, like, protect you. And then they ended up taking him in and, like, accusing him. And he was just like, no, I'm here. Like, I wasn't in the park that night. I'm here with my friend. And they're like, no, you were there, you know. And Mm -hmm. then eventually, like... The show does such a great job of showing how law enforcement will manipulate mm-hmm. suspects just to get a conviction. Mm-hmm. And it's so astounding to me that they could even, like, convict these people, like, these young men, you know, on these charges. Because, like, when they found, they found the so- a sock that had semen on it. But the semen didn't belong to any of them. Mm-hmm. So what did they say? They're like, oh, there's like a six missing boy. And so it, it's just like they just needed to get them in. And I think a lot of it was, you know, like a tactic by them to like make people feel like safe. It's also like it was heavily sensationalized, sensationalized by the media. Like I did a little project on it about like this one um, article and it, from the new york post which like the post has gone downhill today don't read it it's horrible but like back then it was like a very refutable source and like this guy is putting his opinion out there this white guy named pete hamill celebrated journalist like he still wins awards today which makes me want to like blow my brains out it's horrible Mm -hmm. but he like basically convicted them before time and said this is a race war have you heard about that Mm -mm. so that's where that started that whole rhetoric of like you know, it's whites against blacks and all these black people are trying to, like, they're wildin', you know, and, like, around the parks. And um, they actually quoted it in that docuseries at the beginning of one episode. And I think it's just so important that people also realize, like, it's not just law enforcement that, like, screwed these guys over. It's everybody. It's, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. And that directly goes into, like, implicit biases. Mm -hmm. It's like when you are writing out a paper, like, you should know, first thing, you never convict anybody. But, you know, I think, like, Pete Hamill is a huge racist. Yeah. The way he, like, completely, like, ignored journalistic principles just because he felt, you know, he wanted to, like, get the story out at the expense of these innocent people. Yeah. It's gross. And also I think, because especially with, well, back then, even like today with social media, I think this is just a huge lesson. Um, You know, when you hear something that somebody's a suspect, like, don't just automatically, like, be like, ooh, he did it. Like, you know, just, like, wait. You know what I'm saying? Like, court of public opinion, in my opinion, is, like, way worse than the actual, like, justice system. So, you know, like, just wait you know wait till all the facts come in but also like question stuff because you clearly the police be lying sometimes so you know question stuff and you know and in this case like the court ruled they were guilty but they weren't you know like so it's not even saying like you know i have such a problem like when i write things about saying someone's guilty even when they were ruled guilty because like there's part of my mind that's like well what if they actually aren't you know yeah like it's just hard and I feel bad for not knowing this because I I wrote the article, but like, was there any evidence 
to convict them besides the fact that they were just there in Central no. Park that night? No. No. They literally they fabricated there, a whole so they story. They fabricated a whole They made up a That's whole wild. story. Yes. This is what happens to black people all the time. Like, this is, the, like, they fabricated a whole story to, like, make it seem like they're there. And when you think about it, right, so, like, they took him in in the police station. They, you know, they hold him there for hours. You're tired. You just want to go home. Without so, a parent present. They were, like, all minors except for one, I believe. Yeah. So, like, they're tired. They just want to go home. So, if some after hours and hours and hours you just be like yes I did it you know what I mean so yeah it's just terrible yeah, and basically they got them all to point fingers at each other so that they were saying well this person did this even though they all like none of them were there so they didn't know what happened but basically they got manipulated into like saying what they think happened or could have happened just to so, kind of yeah. cover their own butts is how exactly. they kind of phrased it it's like you know if you say so and so did it like you're not going to get as much, you know, or like some of them would be like, you know, like I was pressured to rape her and saying things like that. Like, and so everybody pointed the finger at everybody else. And then some of them didn't even know each other. Yeah. So that's where it's like really weird is because it's like, you're like completely like these kids don't know each other. You'd think if like anyone were to go up and tag team rape somebody, they would have like, known each other and known they could trust each other to get away with it you know like mm-hmm. so going on in the article it says salam said he he hopes his words have affected students at siue and other campuses around the country he said his ultimate goal in speaking at the campuses is to spark a flame in young people and their ability to change the system when asked about what people can do to help his cause he said it's important that they keep themselves informed on what's happening in our country in an interview with good housekeeping salam said that in the light of when they see us, he hopes people understand that their story isn't a trend or a movement. He said, and I quote, a lot of times people see what's popular out there and they basically say, oh, I, oh, you know what? I want to be a part of that. I want to be able to share in the popular thing of the time. But the reality is that we have to change the system because the future's looking dark. They don't want to, they don't want us to o- occupy college dormitories. They want us to occupy jail cells. When I read that, honey, I was so like... Happy. Yes, speak on it because that, I mean that's true. Like, and I have said this not here, but like I said this like on other platforms all the time. But it's like you know, like if we're just completely just you know gonna keep it honest and like you know me, I, I always keep it a buck. So historically speaking, right? Like if you just look at look back through all of history and then like even now, like it's clear like. There's some people who like just hate black people, right? But then like when you when you really look into it and when you really like see stuff like 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 their case and like you see like all the all the injustices is like, man, y'all really hate us, hate us. Like it's not like y'all just like y'all really don't really y'all really just don't mess with black people like that. Y'all y'all are a little racist. Like, no, like there are some people who actually really hate black people and who hate people of color, like so much so that they don't care about what's right or what's wrong. Like clearly these men were nowhere near Central Park at that time, but you know what I mean? So I you know, just the fact that so people have so much hatred, bro, like I can't even imagine like having so much hatred towards somebody or a group of people that like you do all this. Like that is that is just crazy to me, but I agree with what he's and saying. It's the people who are in power too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. like not every prosecutor is bad, but no. like if you look, like they were trying to take down these these young like men. Yeah, they, you know, it was, and it's not just like Joe Schmo on the street, like you know, being like, oh, I don't like black people, so I'm not going to be friends with them. It's no. people in power that it's are a like systematic 
thing, bro. Well, even Trump taking out that ad whenever he had no like firsthand knowledge of the case. It was just what he was hearing in the media and was saying, oh, yeah, we should convict these people and have mm-hmm. them executed, which is kind of ridiculous. And I find really interesting now that he's working on prison reform or supposedly because mm-hmm. he has met with Kim Kardashian West too about it. Cause it makes so I just find good. it really interesting now that that's something that he's trying to work on whenever he took out an ad saying that these people should be executed, which yeah, is just crazy to me. It is. It's like the Southern strategy thing. It's like these people, like it's a reverse Southern strategy essentially is like when people would say like, we're going to, when politicians will like, just be like, we're going to like racially encode things and we're going to be like super horrible about black people. We're not going to like do it in the way that like people can pick up on it and criticize us but the people who don't like the black people are going to look at it and be like yeah that's a great policy because they know it will disproportionately affect black people yeah you know like i was watching this documentary in gary hicks's class about um shout out to him yeah gary hello um but they it was so interesting because this guy was being quoted um about like these strategies and he was like a a big like Republican strategist or whatever. And he was saying, you know, back in like whatever decade you use the N word. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you don't use the N word, but what do you say? You say like, we're going to get tough on crime or like crime rates. And you point to like communities of color and say, this is where all the crime's coming out of. And it's like, well, no shit. If you don't give them resources, of Period. course, crime is exactly. going to come out of that Period. area. Absolutely. You know, if like whenever you have someone being oppressed, they are going to do whatever it takes to get by. Mm-hmm. And when you have people like when their families, their fathers are locked up in jails, where are they going to find a family? Mm-hmm. A gang, you know, like if their mom is working so hard to make ends meet and they don't have anybody around, what are they going to do? Like, it's a complete, like, it's human nature that these people are taking and, um, like, flipping around. It's like they're taking advantage of basic human nature in the need for, like, stability and everything. So, anyway, it was just interesting because I think, like, that goes really well into this discussion of how you might, like, they were not saying in the courtroom, we are convicting them just because they are black. But, you know. But you clearly real. know that's why. For real. It's just crazy to me how people can be so obtuse about that. Like, you think about it critically for, like, five minutes, and you understand that it's, yeah, like, these poor areas, like, have more crime. Like, think, you know, once again, like, think about it. Why is that happening? It's because they're systematically oppressed. It's mm-hmm. It, and also, like, it's a, we don't have time for a whole history lesson, and I wish we did because I, I I'm so passionate about this. But you think about the the topics of like redlining and white flight. That also like has to do with it a lot too. Like, so really quickly, white flight is like basically. Uh, okay, I'm from St. Louis. So I'm gonna use the context of St. Louis. So, like back in the day, you know, when you think of areas like. Ferguson and, F- and Florissant and Bell Fountain and Jennings. You know, when you think of, like, Arizona and South City, where I'm from, they were popping, okay? E- East St. Louis is a wonderful example of, of yeah. white flight. So when you think of, it's like, East St. Louis, Jennings, Ferguson, South City, where I'm from, those places were popping back in the day, okay? Like, they were super popular. White people were up in there living, had all their stuff lit, right? 
But then black people started getting money, and then, you know, the black people started moving into those neighborhoods. And then white people were like, oh, man, there's black people living here. I got to go. So they left and moved into neighborhoods like, you know, more the county like St. Charles, Chesterfield, all that stuff, right? Clayton, all that stuff. So, you know, when the white people left, you know, the the neighborhoods you know they took all the resources with them right so like you know when you don't have resources your neighborhoods start to kind of fall apart your education like job all that stuff to really all that stuff really starts to fall apart so like you know when you think about areas like that that's also kind of perpetuating i guess the problem you know with mm-hmm. poor economic neighborhoods we kind of got off topic but yeah no it's very important to think about well it's so. all relevant yeah, it all it goes hand in hand and i think we really need to have like an episode um Maybe even next week's, no, two weeks from now, to, because of our content, we're going to have, like, some really interesting content, hopefully, in there, mm-hmm. um, that kind of, like, deals with these racial issues. I would love to. That would be my dream. Let's do like, it. And I feel like it's valuable to have, like, all these different perspectives, too, mm-hmm. like, because... I'm a white woman, and if I'm writing about racial issues, how much can I really, like... Sure. Absolutely. I You agree. know? how how valuable is what i'm saying like i agree i don't get it you know and maybe like maybe we can i could even ask like justin or something to come in that'd be lit yeah yeah that'd be lit. or would. joe i feel like joe would yeah. be really excited about this because loki we you already know we have our own podcast and we talk about race all the time so yeah that'd be lit um so yeah so basically you know yusuf salam you know shout, if i don't know if he'll ever listen but shout out to him <laughs> thank you so much for coming to our school you know unfortunately i was not able to make it but i heard it was such a wonderful event it's very well attended um so a lot of people like you know got to speak with him for a minute bought his book all that stuff so yeah shout out to you yeah thank you thank you so much so on to our next article this is an opinion piece by all of us called focus on candidates policies not their outfits so it says when reflecting on the 2016 presidential election chances are the first things that come to mind are the wall and pantsuits while hillary clinton's pantsuits might seem like a harmless joke or maybe even a, a symbol of a badass woman to some the constant rhetoric surrounding her attire distracted from what was most important her politics as of november 1st five of the 17 democratic presidential candidates are women and none of the republicans running were women men st- still greatly dominate american politics and it's no wonder this is the case when f- Female politicians are often the subject of everything except actual political conversations. Often the topic revolves around their appearances and how well they are, how well they adhere to or deviate from gender norms. For example, Clinton was constantly criticized for being too masculine. Uh, Project Runway's Tim Gunn commented, quote, why must she dress that way? I think she's confused about her gender. On the other other hand, Sarah uh, Palin uh, was constantly sexualized. Pictures taken at rallies were taken at angles that showed off her legs, and she was called a MILF. This phenomenon is nothing new. According to Vox, Jeanette uh, Rankin was the first Congre- the first congresswoman and was uh, instantly met with opinions of her clothes when she entered office in 1917. The Post described her as thoroughly feminine. As, uh, first of all, as if thoroughly feminine is a problem. First of all, I, I, I was just thinking about this the other day okay like if it's too if it's too crass i can cut it out but sexism and like and like misogyny is crazy yo because like 
you really think that you that you're more qualified than me because you have a penis like i don't get it like i don't i really don't understand sexism like Mm -hmm. like it's just kind of like racism like you think you're better than me because you like because your skin is lighter like i don't get it like sexism is so weird to me because like when you really sit and think about it like yo you really think you're we could be more we could be on the same level but you really think you're more qualified because you got a penis like are you for real like sexism is crazy like i don't you know the constant you know underlying of like men can do things better just because y'all wear pants like i don't get it like Mm -hmm. and it's a big issue like when you're looking in politics because like you see this over and over like thank you um mr trump saying you know like when who was it that got upset some woman got upset during something and he's like you know there's blood coming out of her wherever and first of all the funny thing about that is i'm like do you not know the word vagina like yeah. if you're gonna go and also, say something completely, the word like, vagina dumb, isn't a cuss word, by the way. You can yeah. say it. I say it all the time. It's a like, fun word to say. <laughs> why don't you just say the word, or do you not know what the word is? Oh my god! Like you do you not, not know basic anatomy? Because it, and it really makes me question. You know, I feel like he doesn't because when you think about it, like if you know basic biology, you know, like women. While we have like the like physical symptoms of like a period, men have their own little man periods you know sure do and so she was like ridiculed for being passionate then you have brett kavanaugh totally flipping um like practically flipping the tables in that courtroom you know because he was upset while like the person like you know the survivor of what he did is like so calm but he gets no criticism for it it's oh he must not be guilty because he's a man and like you know this is a sign of like him not being guilty and it's the same thing that happened years and years ago with anita hill when clarence thomas was being um you know like when they had like his pre like thing they put her on trial instead of him I don't know. Women's studies minor coming out. Like, this just... That is so crazy. It's just... I don't want to get, like, too dramatic or whatever, but, like... No, get all dramatic. It really seems like they... All the, you know, old, racist, sexist, white guys in Congress and in the government... They mad. They're, like, really taking this as an opportunity to just, like, go at it. Like, go off. Like... Because, like, you know, I cannot believe that, like... I guess, like, kind of back to the Yusuf Salam thing... Trump took out that ad like, you know, 30, 40 years ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that wasn't out of all the crazy things he has done, how that wasn't the end of his campaign right then and there. There's so many that should have been the end of this man's campaign. I cannot. So many things. Because look at who support. There's people that support him that like think, you know, it's ingrained. Of course, you know, like these people are the ones that did it because they're black. Even if they would never go out and not right say it, that's the way like we are raised mm-hmm. i'm gonna be like brutally honest like we are raised like i as a white woman you know i was always raised you grab your purse on the street when you see a black person really wow. like i wasn't like told that but you know inherently. I, inherently you know like you you know like the areas that are bad in st louis who lives there all the african-americans and i guarantee you nothing would happen if i drove through there not. No one's gonna give her a crap. The, the thing is, people be minding their business, yo. We got things to do. Like I, you know. Yeah, and like, it's just so hard because like, I've been always told, you know, like there are areas that like you stay away from, and it's just perpetuating this racism. And I don't think the people that tell me know, or I don't think they think critically enough to be like, yeah, like I shouldn't be telling like a young girl that. 
Yeah. But, you know, that's the exact same way. So that's why, like, when people walk on the street and they see a black person, they're like, what? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. they're looking more suspicious. That's why, like, people who own shops are always looking at the black people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's so ingrained and it's so, like, weird to think about, like, I have to try to break this cycle. Because that shouldn't be something I have to break in the first place. It should just be we're all human. You know, like, I'm going to treat everybody with the same respect, but, like, sometimes I catch myself, like, and I'm like, why are you doing this, Maddie? You know? And it's part of thinking critically and working to change it. Yeah. And I just liked in this piece about how we compared Clinton and Palin, just because I feel like they were on such opposite, like, spectrums, Mm -hmm. sides of the spectrum. So, like, Clinton was always criticized for being too masculine or, like, being too dry not having a good personality and then palin was kind of the complete opposite where she was a lot more feminine and people still criticize so it's kind of like the idea of you can't you, you can't do can't it win you can't do anything reason. right yeah you can't yeah. you can't win either way and also like i don't know if y'all remember sarah palin i don't know if y'all remember her office but like her skirts were like past her knees fam like i don't know why people are like i like she was wearing a mini skirt like yeah that's I would do that, you know. That's just being me. But mm-hmm. you know, like I, she wasn't wearing anything too sexy. She no. was wearing some skirts, very professional. You know what I'm saying? So, but people, there are some nasty people out here who just will sexualize anything. But yeah, so I, I think back to what I was saying. Like sexism is so crazy because, you know, like a man could walk out like without a shirt or like maybe maybe even like in the political well like let's say he like has a bub couple buttons popped you know open whatever when nobody say nothing but let a woman have a couple buttons popped now she's a hoe you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so i yeah sexism is i just had to say that because i was thinking about that the other day like sexism is so crazy like you literally think you're more qualified than me literally think you you know could just because you know i have a vagina like first of all to quote beyonce Women are smart enough to make the millions, bear the children, and then get back to business. Okay? Like, we honestly are probably more qualified. Sorry. We probably, <laughs> sorry, John. We probably. I mean, you guys are. Yeah, like, we probably are more qualified to handle stuff than men are. Because people are like, women are too emotional. Nah, 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 nah. Like, some of the strongest people I know are women. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. women who have dealt with a lot of stuff in life, a lot of loss, you know, a lot of stress, you know lot of discrimination like in work and in just in life and they have kids and they run the family they run the house and it's they run 26 different things but a man gets a cold and like everything shuts down like you know what i'm saying that's just one example that's just the first thing i yeah. thought of but you know what i'm saying like men women like people need to stop being like oh a woman you know can't handle this kind of position especially like in politics especially with presidency you know women are too emotional no i think men men are too emotional i think because men maybe their egos a male ego has never been told no that's Mm -hmm. the thing it's like you know you can't expect someone to understand if they've never been told like no you can't do this like women have been told no hell so many times no and look Look where we are. We're still doing stuff, you know. We're still going to college. We're still, like, getting jobs, even though we are getting paid less than men. Like, we are still, we've been told no so many times, but. Yeah. I mean, look at, like, Kavanaugh. Like, you know, he, in that hearing or whatever, he, like you said, practically flipping the table, you know, so angry, like, yelling and stuff. But let a woman do that, I swear to God. Like, during the 2008 election, I think it was 2008, like, Hillary, um, before Obama beat her for the nomination, she I think she like 
teared up or like cried a little bit at like some speech or something or at the DNC. Mm. And that was like so criticized just because she got like a little bit emotional. Meanwhile, like Kavanaugh is allowed to just like, I guess, do whatever Throw he wants. Throw a tantrum. Yeah. After, you know. <laughs> raping somebody yeah. <laughs> so which yeah. i find really interesting too because most people called hillary like a robot and stuff like that but then yeah. the one time she tries to show emotion y'all criticize her what she's supposed to do yeah. yeah yeah you she's not supposed to be a woman that's the thing she's supposed to be a man you know born a man to be in politics that's what it's saying is like the whole thing you can't win no matter what when you're a woman in politics you know you look at aoc like She's, you know, shout out to her, yeah, fine woman, you know. But you see, like, you know, in her campaign, she's like, I'm the woman of the people, you know, and that's really what she's tried to do, like, with her background and like, that's her strategy. But then you see her outfits are being ridiculed for looking too fancy, Mm -hmm. you know, like that article from Vox I was reading. It was like she, you know, someone took to Twitter a white male, you know, is this really, like, what a woman of the people dresses like, you know, like, because she had, like, a professional outfit on. It's like, damn, what do you want her to do, walk around in sweatpants? Because then if she does that, she's going to get criticized. Yeah. Like, and it's, if it was a man, if John were campaigning, sorry, John, for, like, a man of the people, and he came out in, like, some super nice clothes, no one would say anything. Yeah. And... It's funny because while they're not like super sexualizing her in that instance and they're not taking on a normal gender trope, they are like making them up now. Yeah, definitely. So going on the article, it says, well, this may not have been well, this may not necessarily be been seen as an insult. It still distracts from Rankin's politics. The media should have been covering her advocacy for women's rights and how she was essential in passing the 19th Amendment. The fact that she was the only member in Congress to vote against both world wars uh, should not have been a headline and not know how beautiful she was. Women of color who entered the... They po- should have, it should have been a headline. Should have been a headline. Sorry. Should have been a headline. No, I just made okay, my I bad. Had a Sorry. Panic. No, should have been a headline, my bad. Uh, not how beautiful she was. Women of color who entered the political arena faced a whole new ball game. The first black woman elected in the Senate faced criticism for wearing her hair in braids. Now, as a black woman, flip your hair right and now. And as a black woman who is currently wearing braids, first of all, again, like I don't get it. Like why? How I wear my hair? How does that determine? how good i am at my job yo like how does yo first of all <sighs> if anything wouldn't it be considered more professional because you have to pay to get that done well not you e- know what i'm saying not like, even it's not, weird not even that like first of all i'm not gonna get into this but pre-flesson braids and like you know locks and dreadlocks and all that stuff that is not hoodlum behavior it's called a protective style okay black a people, what? a protective style so black people you know to, in order to protect our hair from the elements like the sun, the cold, all that stuff to, that will like keep, like you know, damage our hair, make it dry, brittle. We get stuff like braids so that you know it can protect our hair and that it won't get damaged. Okay, oh. this is something that we do to help our hair, not because we are hoodlums. Okay, so miss me with uh, with the with the you know the stereotypes and the biases about women of color or people of color because there are men who wear braids and dreadlocks and things like that too. You know, mess me with all that, okay? And New York, I think it was New York passed a law not too long ago that, you know, like, you know, workplace discrimination can't take place with people who wear, you know, braids and locks and all that stuff. And I don't even know 
know why that even a law that should be passed, Joe. Like again, why does why wear why is the fact that I wear my hair in braids, locks, whatever determine you know how professional i am but this, i don't nobody say nothing when a white person decides to wear you know like cornrows or french braids or whatever don't nobody say nothing to her but when i do it now i'm unprofessional and i don't get it like again like i don't i don't get it can i just do my job and be good at it like i don't it's not distracting it's literally like like again like right now i have like small little box braids or whatever like it's nothing. I don't get it. So, but yeah, the shout out to whoever wrote that line in the article because you're right. Women of color have, you know, definitely faced a lot of discrimination, uh, not just with the outfits, but, you know, with, with um, you know, our hairstyles and also just like the stereotypical, like aggressive, angry black woman kind of stereotype. So like, even if we say something, then we're, we're aggressive and da da da. But like, again, if a man were to do that, he's just doing his job so it's it's so frustrating to me because it's like what do people want us to do uh yeah because there's nothing like right and like it goes like you know like the article saying it's not just like an issue for white women it's like it, it's exponentially different for black women too mm-hmm. like nobody has the same experience it's like so you criticize you know a black woman because she is speaking loud so that people can hear her Period. For being aggressive. As a loud black woman, yes, that but is true. But then what are you going to do if she speaks quietly? No one can hear her. And then it's going to be like, I'm not going to elect her. Erica because, like, if she can't even, if we can't even hear her, she's not going to get anything done, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't hear the damn message, of course you're not going to be able to elect them. I mean, well, people elect people like people elected Trump after all the stuff he's done. I don't done. know why y'all, but, not y'all in the room, but, like, yeah. y'all as a country. Like, I don't know why y'all did that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you can't win for nothing. It's because the system's set up so that women can't enter politics. And it's set up furthermore so black women can't enter politics. And I just, again, like, men, again, sorry, John. Men have messed up this country all these years. Don't y'all think it's time for a change of pace? Y'all have run us to the ground, okay? Climate change is a thing. We're all going to die in 10, 15 years because of y'all. So... Like, I feel like there should be a change of pace because, man, again, the male ego is something really strange. Like, there's something strange about the male ego because, like, you could be wrong, like, dead ass wrong. And I'm proving you're wrong. And, like, it's obvious to me, you and everybody else in the room that you are wrong. But something about the male ego just, like, won't let... It's a guy thing. Yeah. You wouldn't get it. Why? <laughs> why? Like, why can't y'all just be... I, I can admit when I'm wrong. It's not... It sucks. It's not easy. It's not fun. But, like, I can admit when I'm wrong. Why can't guys just... You are wrong. It's okay. Just take the L and move on. Like, yeah. Not you, but, like... Yeah. Especially women, men in politics. Like, because people get caught in lies in politics all the time. And they, they'll just keep lying. They just... I don't know. I don't get it. Well, and if the stereotype is that women are more, like, emotional and compassionate, maybe that's something we need. Yeah. Maybe that will fix something. Yeah. Because, you know, you got trigger-happy Trump over here who's ready to blow up any country. Like, maybe we should stop and have empathy and, you know, a little bit of emotions. Like, yeah. 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 So to conclude this article, it says, in an election, in an election it's... It, Sorry. In an election as important as the 2020 presidential election, we cannot afford to get caught up in the useless talk. It has no place in anything having to do with politics, and it serves only to distract from the important issues. So, going on to our last article. 
So yeah, so so this article comes from our editor in chief, our HBIC herself, Madison Lemert. And so she did a headphone jack, which is like our musical portion of the newspaper. And she wrote an article entitled Songs that Everybody Should Know. So she wrote, a, you know, about a few songs that everybody should know. So I thought it'd be real fun if all of us kind of came with a little list of songs that we think people should know. So, you know, Maddie has hers. So there's that. But like for the rest of us, who wants to go first? I can go first. Nobody else can go first. Yeah, go ahead. I'll go first? Okay. So these are just my songs that I feel like everybody should know. You feel me? Like we all have different genres that we probably listen to, different angles, which is fine. So first of all, I have a, I have a, quite a few, like six. That's all. So one of my first songs is uh, Juicy by Doja Cat. Uh, first of all, Doja Cat, I really didn't take her seriously because I thought she was that just that one lady that sang like the cow song or whatever. I didn't take her seriously. The cow song. I didn't take her seriously because I thought that was just her. But like, she actually has she actually has music. She actually she's actually current, currently pulling out music, and she has a song called Juicy. And it's just like such a vibe. Like if you're just getting ready and you just want to feel good about yourself, like you can definitely like dance in the mirror, you know, shake a little something while you put on your eyebrows. You feel me? Like it's such a good vibe. The second one is uh, Wipe Me Down by Lil boozy like any black people that are listening to this song you know that that is just like a classic for black people wipe me down is like one of the classics okay and i feel like everybody should know that song no matter what race you are like i want every race to get as hype as we do when we hear that song so it's a list song um my next song is anything like any song by j cole is like a song that you should know in my opinion like j cole is such a vibe he has such good music his beats are amazing um his tracks are amazing. And, you know, in his songs, he actually be talking about real stuff. You know, he talks about, you know, you know, Donald Trump. He talks about, you know, racism, political reform, prison reform. Um, in his last album called K.O.D., he talks about, um, you know, basically, even though you go through a lot of stuff, like a lot of people like turn to drugs and things like that. And he's like, and one of his songs, he actually says, like, meditate like you know it's not cool to say but like meditate like try something other than drugs you know what i'm saying because trump because drugs are not gonna um help and like one of the in his beginning jack of that album he says life can bring so much pain there are many ways there are many ways to deal to deal with this pain choose wisely so he talks about a lot of good stuff and j cole is just amazing so Uh, he's kind of wholesome I mean, in a sense, wholesome like, in a sense. He be, I mean, he be cussing and stuff like that. But you know, like wholesome, I guess. Like his messages, his messages are really good. Um, he's a good role model. Yeah, I think so. What a sweet pea. Oh my god. So my next song is "Big Mama Thing" by Lil Kim because because I just feel like men always talk about you know sexual things sexualizing women using women for this and that but i can appreciate with a female artist has the same thing and like there are a lot of female artists that do that like megan the stallion is now doing that but before all of that lil kim in the 90s and 2000s was really doing it so you know i just feel like this song is like a very like sex positive song and again because because men talk about it all the time like why can't women you feel me and then uh, my next song is a song that I actually played while we were waiting on maddie to get here it's a song called get money by junior mafia and it's by junior mafia has like uh notorious big and low cam and all the, that group in it and it's a really good song it's a vibe and then uh, let's see i have two more so james and nightmares by meek mill that's another just lit song that like 
everybody can get hyped too. And then it wouldn't be me if I didn't put a gospel song on there. So it was really hard for me to choose just one, but I chose uh, Melodies from Heaven by Kirk Franklin because also like it's just my childhood. So yes, those are songs that I think that everybody should know or learn. So Jennifer, you go next. Okay, so my first one is called Let Me Down Slowly by Alec Benjamin, and it's just a really good, like, vibe, and it's just talking about how if you're gonna, like, leave me, at least, like, let me down slowly. Like, you know, don't, like, don't, like, break me, you know? Just, like, just let it, let me down slowly. There's a country song like that. Yeah, so it's, like, just really, like, I don't know, it's really smooth, and I just feel like it has a good vibe. My next one is Demons by Haley Kyoko. And that one's talking about kind of like your inner demons and trying to like navigate them and kind of just deal with them. Um, And that one's like actually really like fast paced and like it's really fun, I think. Um, My next one is Cry For Me by Camila Cabello. Mm -hmm. My girl, I love her. Um, But this is probably one of my favorite songs that she's put out recently. So it's talking about after a breakup, the other person moves on faster than you think they're going to. And, uh, you know, it hurts. Like, you want them to be happy and you want them to move on. But, like, they move on a little too fast for you. So you're like, can you, like, take a minute and, like, cry for me? Like, you know? Like, give it a minute. Exactly. Like, give it a minute. Show me that, like, you cared about our relationship. Like, don't just move on right away. Um, And then also on the same line, another girl from Fifth Harmony or formerly from Fifth Harmony, my girl Nirmani put out a song called motivation yeah and it is amazing if you have not heard it if you have not seen the music video first of all you need to see the music video you feel me because it is amazing mm-hmm. and it shows off like her dancing ability which is she's just amazing insane. like it's she's actually insane, insane. it's, it's insane. so good and like the song itself is just really fun i feel like that's one that you can just kind of like dance to and like enjoy so go check that one out if you haven't yet um then next I have Focus by Tyler Carter, which is another kind of slower one where it's talking about just like living in the moment and it's focusing on the person that you're with. So if you're with somebody that you love, like taking the time to actually focus on them and kind of not really focus on whatever else is going on like in your life or around you. So I think that's a really good one. And then my last one is Why Do You Love Me by Charlotte Lawrence, which is just a vibe. Like I think it's more upbeat. <laughs> yeah. Sounds so sad. It's basically talking. I know, Jennifer, are you okay? Like, are you are you? <laughs> no, good? this one is actually like really upbeat though. Like, I think it's fun. Um, it's not the happiest song lyrically. It's talking about kind of a toxic relationship, but it's from the point of view of the person that is toxic. So she's kind of saying that she like knows that she's toxic. So she's like asking the other person like, "Why do you love me?" Whenever I'm, like I'm kind of a crappy person. So um, my life in a song, <laughs> but it's just really like a fun song also. So it's just interesting. But yeah, that's what I've got. Okay, John. Uh, yeah. Um, so I tried to pick some songs that were like, like I have a really diverse selection, and like some of them are like kind of weird. Uh, but like I, I kind of just wanted to pick some artists that are like, uh, I think are gonna get big. Uh, my first is. It's called So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings by Caroline Polachek. Okay. <laughs> right out the gate. Continue. Um, it's like it's like pretty like poppy or whatever. Um it's it's just like a I like a bop. Like it's so fun to listen to and like her whole album. Like that's probably like the highest like energy song on the whole album, but like the entire album is just like fun to listen to and like she has just like really cool way of singing and like editing her songs. Like it's like ethereal almost. It's just like 
like she like plays her voice over itself a lot and it's just like really cool and i think she's probably gonna get popular really soon but um and then i've got make it forever by george clanton and i don't know how popular george clanton is but he makes this sort of like he's like indie almost like vaporwave a little bit like 80s style music that it's just um he just sounds like really sad the entire time but it's like really fun to listen to and uh exciting and it's like super like just glitzy and like well produced and stuff and um then i've got like a super weird one this is debbie debbie by gary wilson this guy's weird he's been making he's like old he's an old man he's been making music since like the 70s oh he <laughs> so he's old old he like literally like almost all of his songs he sings he's he's like a stalker he's like a stalker creep like whenever he makes a love song he's like i'm watching you through your window <laughs> and it's like <laughs> dude like what are you doing and when he makes music today like he like wraps his face in bandages and like wears a wig he, this guy's like he's a crazy person but he's super fun to listen to um what does he do today if he's not like watching through a window is he like i'm facebook stalking you probably like, <laughs> but he's also probably doesn't even do it right yeah he's yeah. probably like i can't find the he probably <laughs> he probably like stays poking people and like inviting them to facebook games and stuff like that he's like your creepy uncle um hey. and then i've got a song by jpeg mafia and i don't know Ooh, he's fantastic mm-hmm. i think um I, ch- I i chose jesus forgive me i'm a thought which is like ha! i think period <laughs> the big single from his like newest period. album but i i kind of recommend like anything honestly he's just like i really like him because kind of speaking on like what we were mentioning earlier like we really need people to just like sort of he's like unapologetically edgy like he's just like i hate conservatives i hate old people i just like want them to die you know and it's just like i appreciate that sometimes period. <laughs> like I mean, he, I'm gonna try to die, but like, I mean, hey. yeah, um, not like all of them, but the bad ones. The bad uh, ones. He, he has a song called uh, "I Cannot Effing, Effing Wait Until Morrissey Dies," and it's just a song about this guy, the lead singer, of the Smith, said some stupid stuff, and it's like, I can't wait till you die, and just like in the vein of that, it's really fun, um, and it's like really fun to listen to as well. And then I've got just like another song. Uh, it's not really like. It's just a song I like. It's called Smart, Small Car, Big Wheels by... I actually forget who it's by, but it's good. Um, Google it. Yeah, I can pull it up on my Spotify. I know, you don't got to, but I'm just saying everybody else who's listening, Google it. <laughs> so. um, and then I also just want to like give a shout out to... like uh, These are more popular, but like Tam Impala and uh, Mac DeMarco and stuff. I really like them. Mac DeMarco's new album was kind of trash, but like <laughs> Tam Impala's got a new one coming out, which is hopefully going to be really good. So yeah, mm. and it, it's called Small Car, Big Wheels by Enjoy. So, okay. yeah, listen to that. Dope. I feel like we know about John's mind now. He's Dang. so, like, calm and collected on the outside, but inside he I feel like He listens to some ranger like, stuff, man. I don't know. I, I, I'm I kind of scared like, of you now. It's, like, a pretty, di- like, diverse taste. Like, I feel him. I feel some you. of the songs are, like, low-key, but other ones I just appreciate, like, you know. Hey, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so really quickly, we're going to end our show by saying our obsessions. I will go first. So, yesterday, Starbucks came out with their holiday drinks, <gasps> honey. I need them. Me and Maddie, as soon as we end this podcast, we're all, y'all can come too. We're all going to Starbucks. I which one? I either want to get the chestnut praline or the creme brulee latte. I don't know which I'm going to get first, but I'm going to get one of them. I've been waiting for this for like a month because I got sick of pumpkin, drinking pumpkin spice after a while. So I'm very excited for these holiday drinks, honey. And that's it. Go ahead. Uh, Washington, D.C. I'm ready to go back already. We just got back from a conference and I am ready to go back. Uh because I love museums and there's so many there and I just loved like exploring 
usually I'm not a big city person and obviously like DC isn't like a huge huge city like it's not like New York or Chicago or anything like that but like I don't know I just had such a fun time exploring and I'm ready to go back already mine is that place in Washington DC the noodle place do you remember what it's called it was like a make your own noodle it was like like not even a high key fazolis it blows fazolis out of the water it's like I don't know. It's beautiful, but I got like airplane noodles because I like the texture of them, and then like it, oh, chicken and Alfredo and airplane noodles. Yeah, they're shaped like airplanes, like the oh, for kids. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I just love it. I forget what it's Vapiano. Vapiano. Oh, Malanta. Beautiful. There's not even Vapiano around us. No, it, it makes me. There's big one sad. in Chicago. Guess you got to take a trip. Yep, just for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so good. John, um, I honestly didn't prepare an obsession, but I'm going home this weekend, and uh, I'm excited to see my dog. So where's home? Uh, it's like two and a half hours north. I live in Mackinac, which is like Hicktown, USA. But it's outside Hicktown, of like Hicktown, USA. Uh, That's so funny. Outside of Peoria, but I mean, shout out to Border Collies. They're the best breed of dog. Uh, they're really smart and just like super like, just like fun to be around, and they're like companion dogs you know like they'll be with you to the end and uh they're smart so yeah shout out to them what is your dog's name his name is fletcher so we're shouting out to fletcher shout, shout out to fletcher. fletcher gang gang hey that is our show for today thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to check out our website alestalive.com and don't forget to follow us on facebook and twitter at the Alestal. and also don't forget to pick up the paper on thursdays if you're on the siue campus I'm your host, Erica Green, signing off. Don't forget to check us out next week right here on Alestil After Hours.